Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell. And I'm Sal Rodriguez. All right, here we are. Season 2, Episode 2, Back in Black. That's the name of the episode? That is the name of the episode. Oh, okay. Now the song makes sense in the beginning. It's an 8.5 on IMDb. And this episode starts out with a bang. Oh, yeah. A classic ACDC song, Back in Black, Yeah, is playing with an 80s montage mashup as we're cutting between Johnny's Challenger getting a brand new... What is it? Black paint job? Yeah, or? it's a black paint job. Yeah. But then it has the detail, the yellow trim. But what's funny is when it first opens up, you see that guy with the respirator, which I'm sure was a little homage to Breaking Bad. Oh, yes. It must have been. So he has the full on gear on for painting the car. And then you see the accents and the license plate. Oh, I'm really excited. I'm like, I cannot wait to see this car. And then him and Miguel, it shows their morning routine. They're both doing the sit ups. Oh, yeah. And then as Johnny gets a Coors, Miguel gets OJ. Yeah. Nice. Johnny drinks a Coors at breakfast. Yeah, that's a breakfast of champions, I believe. I kind of thought, I was under the impression thus far that Johnny has kind of maybe worked through some of the drinking, but apparently not. No, it comes and goes. Okay. So, how about when they roll up to the stop sign with the mother-daughter? Well, if you remember a few seconds earlier, they actually blew through a stop sign. Oh! I noticed that. They blew through a stop sign. Then later on, they stop at a stop sign, look over and see the two hot babes, one older, one younger. And Miguel I think tries it was a mother-daughter. To... Was it? Okay. I think so. Wow. Okay. Hey, maybe it was a female uh, sensei and her female student. But And then Miguel's like, hey, I love that Johnny says, don't look, play it cool. Yeah. And then they just hit the gas. And, and they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> Miguel's like, uh, this is a little too cool. I wanted to talk yeah, to them. Yeah, so cool that we don't even talk to them. <laughs> All right, so now we're at Robbie's apartment, and it appears someone's breaking in. Yeah, well, I find that odd that he was sleeping on the couch. Maybe he just fell asleep watching TV. Right. But I'm wondering if, like, does he normally sleep on the couch? But he's asleep on the couch, awakened by what sounds like burglars. And then he gets into a crouch. He's ready to fight, ready to defend his home as anybody would. Yep. And you see some shadowy figures. Right away, I thought his old juvenile delinquent buddies oh those guys that's what i thought i was like oh they came to rip them off is what i thought but robbie throws a really great kick oh yeah it was a fantastic kick in fact i'm surprised it didn't do more damage the guy gets up his the lights go on his mom's there it's his mother and her date yeah rick is that his name rick <laughs> who i recognize from the walking dead really yeah on some episodes oh so rick is taking robbie's mom to not just cabo Cabo adjacent. adjacent. <laughs> Classic. And In it, other words, the low budget Cabo. Yeah, whatever Cabo is, we're going to be looking at it from afar. <laughs> and Robbie's mother says that Rick's going to pay for rent this month yeah. or something. Rick's going to cover the, the rent. I got you, buddy. Yeah. Very weird. Well, I would have loved it. I would have given this guy ultimate respect if he would have said, how much is your rent? And he would have just handed Robbie cash. I would have been like, okay, this yeah. dude's serious. But as soon as they leave and Robbie says to him, you hurt her next time you won't get up. Yeah. So he gives him a threat. This guy's like, he just shrugs it off. I mean, this guy's an asshole. I'm thinking he's not going to actually pay their rent. I totally agree with you. I think he's just trying to hook up with Robbie's mother. Yeah. Some little hot babe to take to Cabo adjacent. So. Which I find interesting because I don't believe in taking sand to the beach, but he's taking sand to the beach. Yeah, that's true. I also, on that note of Robbie... I don't know if we've ever seen him in a bedroom in this apartment. That very well could be that he sleeps on the sofa. Okay, and, so maybe it's a one bedroom and the mother has the bedroom yeah. and he sleeps on the sofa. I just don't know. So, okay. Yep. I mean, it could be, right? 
Yeah, we did see the mother in that a previous episode go into a, the bedroom with a lover. Remember? Yeah, that's right. That guy from the bar. And he was still in the living room. Yeah, okay. He so he's, that's where he sleeps. So it could be. Okay, he sleeps on the couch. So now we're at Miyagi-Do and Robbie's hitting the bag. Which I found interesting because if you know heavy bags, he just has a few wraps on his hands. Yeah, barely he's hitting anything. a heavy bag. And that's a canvas bag and those yeah. will tear your knuckles to shreds. I was just thinking, how is he doing this? But I think the whole point was to show his rage. He was pissed. It was to show his anger. Yeah. Because it's such a contrast, the way that he was hitting that bag with such anger, such a contrast to the serene, peaceful mode that Daniel tries to create at Miyagi-Do. It's almost as if Robbie belonged at Cobra Kai Dojo with that rage. Yeah, well, that was Johnny coming through. Totally. Okay, so, and while Robbie's hitting the bag, Daniel's hanging photos and Sam arrives. Yeah. Well, before that, though, Daniel is hanging the photos, looking at the photos. Yes. Including Miyagi. And he says, big shoes to fill. So there's a moment there where Daniel's realizing that he's having to step up to the plate in a big way now. He's feeling the pressure. Yeah. He doesn't want to let Mr. Miyagi down. He's taken over that role mm-hmm. and he's never done it. Yeah. Much like Johnny's never been a sensei as far as we know. Yeah. These are new roles for these two guys. Sure. And as Sam arrives, she gets a call from Miguel who's using Aisha's phone. Yeah, we look Sam at the phone. won't take Miguel's call. No, we look at the phone, we see Aisha's face. At first I thought, oh, Aisha's calling Sam. This is interesting. Yeah. So what a surprise to hear Miguel's voice. And surprised her as well. Oh, yeah. And she rushes through the call, doesn't really want to talk, but you can tell Miguel's still struggling with this whole being, you know, boxed out thing. Well, he says, I want things to go back to how they were. I mean, he wants to be back with her. Yes. But she's like, ah, it's not that easy. Those are her lines. And then she walks in and sees Robbie. Yeah. And so, Sal, having dated in the past, does someone being desperate make you want to see them more or less? More. But I'm a guy. (laughs) So it may be different than... (laughs) If you're a guy and a woman's desperate for you, it's different than when you're a, a girl and a guy is desperate for you. Guys will prey on desperation versus women are more repelled by desperation. So I think it can work a different That's way. That's fine. I'm, I'm repelled by it. I think at this point, after everything that, that Sam has been through with her, with her dad and everything, Robbie and Miguel and Johnny, everything that's transpired, I was totally on her side when she says, it's not that easy. You know, it's in other words, like maybe we've come too far. We've separated too far now. It's We, we can't go back. I'm thinking I kind of agree with her in that moment. I'm not sure they can really work it out again. Well, and Sam went through the Kyler thing not that long ago. So she's probably lost faith in guys. But what's interesting is as we're seeing, she's starting to draw closer to Robbie. I mean, there's no romance yet or at all, but they're drawing closer. And I'm wondering if there is going to be romance. This will be the third karate guy she's dated right. if that does happen. Well, Kyler wasn't necessarily a karate guy. But he knew something. He knew martial arts. He knew how to fight, right? I guess so. He knew how to fight. More street fight. We don't really know if he studied an official martial art, but he knew how to fight. He knew some martial arts. Yeah. He also always had a crew. Yeah. Well, he had his minions. Yeah. Okay. So Miguel wants to get back with Sam. Sam's like, I don't know if it's going to happen. She runs into Robbie and she makes a comment to Robbie, right? About, oh, that was Miguel. Yeah. I'll call him back later or something like that. And he's like, you can talk to whoever you want. Like almost, she was like almost making an excuse. Well, she did say he was on Aisha's phone. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. she had to justify She's to covering Robbie. up to Robbie, so she feels something like, oh, yeah, I'm not talking to Miguel. Yeah, you're right. They're buddying up. They're getting closer, these two. So then Daniel comes out, first day of class, and he even says something like, this is the first time in a long time there's been more than one student here. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that for a second. 
When was there ever two students? No, never. That's I don't what think I so. Because it was Sam in the past, right? Yeah. And then now Robbie. And before that, it was him and Mr. Miyagi. Yes. So I know having seen Karate Kid 2, 3, etc., or at least two and three that dealt with Daniel, there was never two students under Miyagi-Do. Right. So I don't know what he was referring to. He yeah. could have just said, there's never been two students. Yeah. But whatever, it made me think for just a moment. And he comes up with an interesting idea and makes a circle of sand. Yeah, because he wants to teach them the circle technique, which I don't think we've visited yet. No. The circle technique, he draws sand on the dirt, right? He's a bag of sand, draws a circle... And he tells them to get inside to teach them the circle technique. Exactly. So now we're at the Cobra Kai Dojo and Johnny's on the phone with a potential student. I love this moment. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Because Johnny is, his brain is still in the 80s. Yeah. I don't know. He's been in a time machine all these totally. years. He is Encino Man. Yeah. And then he's on the phone. He says, yeah, we accept boys and girls. And then there was that beat. And I was like, I know what's good. I just knew it. He's yeah. like gender what yeah and you know that person on the phone was like my daughter is transgender or or my son is a gender fluid or whatever you know that person it, said something it's like way over johnny's head gender what i love that while that's happening hawk aisha and bert are making fun of new students yeah and giving them names and you know carrying on as if they own the place yeah they're teasing them they're giving them the Hazing. Hazing, if you yeah, will. Yeah, the hazing, the new students. Uh, and then Miguel comes in and you think he's trying to be on their side. He's like, ah, oh, they're just messing with you. But we already gave you a name, Assface and Douchebag. Exactly. Oh my God. Dibs on Assface. <laughs> so then the door opens and who enters? I could not believe that this happened. Obviously, we know Crease is back, but Crease walks in at that moment. And I find interesting that he walks in with that bag. Yeah. First of all, I want to know what's in the bag. I want to know, is Kreese homeless? Does he have a home? Why is he carrying the bag? I'm assuming his gi's in the bag. Oh, okay. That's what it if is. If nothing else, there's a gi in there. Okay, because I'm wondering, because he carries a bag and he's got that sort of Rambo first blood look. Oh my gosh, look. total first blood. Yeah, and I'm thinking, like, is he like a like a wanderer? You know, what does he have a home? You know, but when he walks in, I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen here? What's the class going to do? How is he going to be received by everybody? And as he walks in, he sees one student with the shirt. The future is female. Oh, and I didn't Chris see just that. can't believe it. He's just, you know, total eye roll. Oh, I thought he was just like kind of sizing up everybody, but I didn't see the shirt. It was one of the many things oh, that he okay. was disappointed in. That's funny. So we're back at Miyagi-Do and Sam and Robbie begin practicing the wheel technique which is kind of like a synchronized kata. They're both doing the same thing at the same time. Right? Yeah, within a circle, because Daniel took some sand and drew a circle on the dirt, and it gets them inside the circle. And I've done katas before, but having to do one with a partner looking at you and you're matching their movements would be tricky. Well, let me. so since you've taken a lot of martial arts, have you actually had your sensei do these, what I would call off-the-wall techniques, where they're taking you out of the dojo, onto the field? Has that happened? Never. Wow. That'd be kind of cool if they did. Yeah. If I ever become a sensei, look out. <laughs> We're going on to the field tomorrow. Yeah. 5 a.m. So they're doing the wheel technique in the circle. And then Daniel gets a text from Amanda and then runs off, tells his students, you guys keep at it. I'll be back as soon as I can. And he runs off to be with Amanda. I couldn't read the text. It, it was a little small on the screen I was watching. I couldn't see what the text said. Were you watching on a phone? I was watching it <laughs> on my computer on a tiny screen. But I just saw that it was Amanda, and then he it's, runs I off. think it said work emergency. Oh, okay. 
come ASAP. Okay, so he runs off to go help out Amanda, yep. and he leaves Robbie and Sam to do their and they had, exercises. And they had just started the technique, and it was sloppy. They were out of sync, so you sure. could tell they needed some time to put this thing together. Sure, and their kicks were weak yeah. at this time. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a timing thing. If one person kicks too soon, so you really want to be in rhythm, and you're not even looking at each other. Yeah. They have plenty of time to bond and practice this wheel technique. And this whole time, I'm just wondering... Are they going to hook up? If they don't, fine. But if they do, I'm just curious how and when it will happen. I mean, there's obviously some tension, I think. Because the first time Robbie met Sam, he was like, hey, you know, you could tell he had that, you know, young yeah, man. they had a and, connection. And, yeah, and she's like, oh, and she was like sunbathing, right? So I'm just kind of wondering if something will happen eventually. So now we're seeing the build. Or maybe not. I mean, sometimes things are build and nothing happens, you know, but we'll see. Did you watch Who's the Boss? Sure. Is this how you felt about Judith Light and Tony Danza? <laughs> when are they going to hook up? Well, I always wondered when Jack Tripper was going to hook up with uh, Joyce DeWitt or Suzanne Somers, and I guess it never happened. Never. Not even with... Uh, Jack! <laughs> not even with the nurse. Who was the nurse that came and replaced Chrissy? Oh, yeah. Her, her cousin. Or Cindy. None, none of them. Never. Jack doesn't hook up with his roommates at all. But he always had a woman. Yeah. yeah. And but he always flirted with his roommates. Oh, yeah. I love him. Anyway. Another show. Join us for Let's Talk Three's Company. <laughs> We're back at Cobra Kai Dojo, and the students are extra playful. And Johnny's getting upset and embarrassed because Kreese is observing this. Well, Johnny tells the class, we have a visitor. Don't mind him. He's just going to observe. So he doesn't tell the class who Kreese is. Exactly. And he tells Miguel to warm up the class. So Miguel jumps in front of the class, begins to lead the class in their uh, warm-up exercises, has him throw some kicks, has him throw some punches, and then he has him do a side dab. Well, he doesn't have them do that. They choose to do it. Oh, I thought he did it. No, and he was embarrassed because they were having fun. They're okay, like, so the it's class- 11 and a half months until the next All-Valley tournament, so Johnny's kind of mortified. And- oh, but then Aisha tells a silly joke. Johnny walks over to Aisha. What's so funny, Miss Robinson? And she says, oh, it's something about what a snake does. And then he goes, what does a snake do? And they go, they all do the cover thing. Yeah. So they're all being silly. They're in a silly mode. And that's it. Johnny's pissed. Well, because Kreese is there watching. He's overlooking. He's very disappointed. And he might have let it slide if Kreese weren't there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he might have had a laugh himself. But Kreese is right there. This is a very tense moment. That moment, I did not envy Johnny. Kreese is right there looking over his shoulder. He's got a whole class that he already knows Kreese doesn't approve of. Yep. He doesn't. He thinks these are a bunch of wimps. Yep. And then they're acting silly. So, so that's this, it. Yeah. Johnny dismisses class. Mm-hmm. It's over. Class never even gets started. It's over. Well, he said 5, 5 a.m. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Corner of Fulton and Raymer. Now, please tell me you looked on Google Maps and looked at what's on the corner of Fulton. I did. And you know what? They could have filmed this at Fulton and Raymer, <laughs> the next scene, because it looks, it's desolate. It's industrial. I know they probably shot this in Atlanta, but yeah. it did look like that would be spot Van on. I think that'd be Van Nuys. I think yeah, I believe it, so. Yeah. So he says, 5 a.m., Fulton and Raymer, don't show up, and you're off the team. Yeah, boom. So now we're at LaRusso Auto, where Daniel was summoned back to go help out Amanda. And the sales staff is low, and they must sell 10 cars ASAP. 10 cars. Well, they got to sell 10 cars. But then Daniel says to Amanda, we're going to sell 10 cars today. And Amanda's like, what? We can't sell 10 cars in one day. Or she says, you can't sell 10 cars in one day. Yes. Like, I can't, but we can. That's right. And then we go into this full action montage. Yeah. And Sal, they make a pretty damn good team together. 
they're fantastic. They're really great because they work off each other. They feed each other. They lob the balls to, to each other. Kind of like us. Yeah. They, they make a great team. I, by the way, I noticed all the cars were Mercedes. Is that the way it's always been? Have the cars at LaRusso Auto always been Mercedes? I think that car that Robbie started might have been a Porsche. Okay, so this is interesting. This dealership... Okay, he has multiple dealerships. We know that. That's true. Maybe he has a Mercedes dealership. Maybe he has a Porsche dealership. Today, when they're selling the 10 cars, it's a Mercedes dealership. I looked at all the cars. They were all Mercedes. Wow, that's high dollar stuff there. And I definitely remember that Daniel referred to Amanda. He said, quote, Danny and Mandy. And that's what led me to believe, did these two meet at an auto sales job? Is that where they met? We don't know yet how they we met. We don't know yet. Where they met, how they met. At that moment, I'm thinking, I wonder if they met selling cars together. I don't know. I mean, or maybe they met and they he got into this industry because of her. I don't know. Maybe her father owned a dealership. Oh my gosh. What if her father owned dealerships, died and left them to his daughter, and then she then, where their husband creates LaRusso Auto Group? Writers, you're welcome. <laughs> I think, well, I don't know. I have this thing about how people met. I really like to know how people meet each other, whether on camera, on TV, or in real life. Do you remember how we met? We met because you were casting for Strictly Background and you wanted to speak with people who had done extra work in the past or currently. And I responded to the, I forgot where you had, that Craigslist? LA Weekly. LA Weekly? No, LA Casting? No, we ran an ad in the LA Weekly. Really? But we also had it on Craigslist and Casting Plus. Okay, so I showed up. I met you. You were casting for that. You didn't use me, but you ended up using me to host and moderate your film festivals. How about that? Wow. That was back in 2005. I was 25. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. Is that true? No. No. Not true. Okay. So Daniel and Amanda work as a fantastic sales team and sell 10 cars and then toast with champagne. Well, in the midst of selling the 10 cars, I like how many people come in and want a crane shot. Yeah, yeah. Daniel. Yes. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah, they want to take like touristy style pictures with the two-time All-Valley champion. And they, like you have like customers and their kids doing the crane next to Daniel. It's pretty hilarious. I was kind of surprised that no one took a photo of him doing it to them. You know what I mean? Like they're Johnny Lawrence. Like they're Johnny Lawrence. But no, they were all doing straight ons. And I thought, eh, whatever. I I would have expected the other, but. Yeah, that was a pretty funny moment. So you're right. They're celebrating. They're having champagne. They hit their quota. Everything is great. And then at this this time, Daniel shares with Amanda about his concerns teaching karate and comparing himself to Miyagi. The more I see Amanda, the more I love her. It's just full of such level-headed wisdom. And she says, you don't have to be Mr. Miyagi. You just have to be Mr. LaRusso. Very simple. And doesn't she tell him to come up with his own tricks? I think something like that. Exactly. So he Yeah, don't try to mimic Miyagi. No, he can't, right? And Johnny's already taken to this thinking on his own. He's gotten real ingenious with his thinking, doing things Kreese never would have had them do. Sure. The baseball machine and what's to come. I would imagine that Johnny is thinking, what wouldn't Kreese do? I'm going to do. And whereas LaRusso's thinking, what would Miyagi do? I should do something like that. It's true. Like he's trying to pattern himself after Miyagi, whereas Johnny's definitely not trying to pattern himself after Kreese. Well, he's back in Miyagi's house, his dojo. Yeah. So he feels responsible to uphold that legend. Well, it makes sense. His karate method is Miyagi-do. Yes. He's not teaching LaRusso-do. No. That would be different. Yeah. So Daniel oversees, as this scene ends... 
in the warehouse, he sees a tire and wheel taking off a car and kind of spinning to a, a resting motion. And you see him kind of a spark goes off. He gets another idea. Yeah. And we as the audience don't know what it is, but we're soon to find out. Sure. And Amanda's advice is coming true. Yeah. We're now off-site with the Cobra Kai training crew. It's 5 a.m. And what is the team doing? At Fulton and Raymer. I love these streets because I grew up in the valley. You sure do. I know these streets. Fulton and Raymer, they're at a construction site mixing cement. And you look at them mixing the cement and you're like, okay, well, it's not so bad. They're mixing cement. But then a huge cement truck arrives. A Panorama City cement truck. Is that what it said on it? Oh, yeah. I used to live in Panorama City. See? I lived in Panorama City for a time in my early 20s. Johnny's pal Cutter pulls up, gives him the keys. And when he sees the kids, he's a little reluctant of the sure. situation. But he's like, you want your bar tab paid off? Yeah. Johnny's going to pay his bar tab in exchange for letting him borrow the truck. How much is Cutter's bar tab? <laughs> That's, I thought that too. I was thinking, it's got to be at least 250 And what's like, his at least. drink? I've never run up a bar tab. I have never have. Anyway. So Cutter leaves, and you know that something's going down. This is a huge cement truck. And did you have any idea what was going to come? I had no idea. No. I just figured that this cement truck would come and dump more cement yeah. and make them work, like, you know, 10 times harder. I had no idea what Johnny had planned here. So we'll hold off, because the next scene, we're back at Robbie's apartment, and he's looking for food in a very empty refrigerator. Yes. And while he's looking... What happens? While he's looking for food in this empty refrigerator, it's already pathetic enough. Yes. The electricity goes out. Thanks, Rick. Yeah. The first thought is, okay, how about that? Even if Rick paid the rent, he didn't pay the electricity Our bill. Thanks, so, Mom yeah. and Rick. So I think the viewer is to understand that the electricity was cut off, obviously due to lack of payment. Correct. And for anybody who's ever had their electricity cut off, they don't warn you, like they don't come and knock on your door saying when you're cutting your electricity off. They will do it any time. They will do it any day. They will do it at a time when you cannot immediately turn it on again. They'll do it at night. They'll do it on a weekend. Very heartless DWP. That was almost like a Dr. Seuss you were doing. <laughs> They'll do it at night. They'll do it. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. You know what? My heart just goes out to Robbie. This is a horrible situation. Yeah. I mean, he's still, he's still a minor, right? He's, a he's minor. already neglected. Yeah. And now he has no power, really no food. And it's just gotten much worse for him. I do feel bad for him because at least when my mother would run off with a lover, she would leave me with a refrigerator of Swanson's TV dinners. Oh, there's that. So my mother might have been wayward, but she at least took care of me. She left me with something. Now we're back at Miyagi-Do, and Sam is working on the wheel technique when Robbie, not happy, arrives. Yeah. As Robbie joins Sam, they find Daniel, who is working on Mr. Miyagi's monument to balance fixture in the backyard, which is a really cool thing. Yeah, it's, it's like a floating wooden raft in the middle of this pond. Well, not a raft. I would probably call it. I guess it's kind of a raft. I, I don't know what else you call it besides a raft. What else would Made you of wood. Yeah, it's a wooden circular shaped raft that's floating that normally holds two bonsai trees that have to counterbalance each other. Exactly. He takes the bonsai trees off, and I did think to myself, okay, he's going to have them replace the bonsai trees. Yeah, it was a great idea to build this contraption back there. Yeah. It really fits inside Miyagi's world. And you are also seeing that the grittiness of Cobra Kai style of training versus the serene, almost spiritual style of Miyagi-Do. Yeah. And then when they do the montage back and forth in a second, yeah. you, you see the contrast. 
Yeah, I mean, even in The Karate Kid, you know, Mr. Miyagi took Daniel to the, what, the lake? Yeah. And he was on the boat yep. training and yeah. in the water. And then he took Robbie to the great outdoors. So they, oh, yeah. they've stuck with that. I will tell you that as a lover of the outdoors and nature, I would much prefer Miyagi-Do style of training. But I do like a good dojo. Yeah. You know, and I guess Daniel has that at his house. He yeah. has more of a conventional dojo. Well, he, officially, right, he has two dojos, right? He That's has right. one at his house yeah. and one at Miyagi's house. They're both Miyagi-Do. That's right. But there's two dojos officially. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize that till now. So he introduces Sam and Daniel to this contraption. And they're a little bit like, whoa, we're going to get on this thing. And he talks him into get wading in the water. It's like four feet water, probably yeah. nasty, not changed very well, often. Well, Sam's like, when did you clean this thing last? Uh, never. <laughs> so, I don't even like getting in a swimming pool, let alone some icky pond. Yeah, it's pretty icky. There's, there's probably some creatures about. But you're not in very long. And you're getting up on this contraption. But even getting on this thing. Yeah, it's tricky because it starts to move and wants to go down. So you've really got to get two people on opposite sides and work together to get on it. So it's a brilliant training contraption. I did notice that Robbie had to be pushed forward just a little bit because he obviously weighs more than Sam. That's right. So she was closer to the edge and he was pushed forward just a little bit to allow for proper counterbalancing. That's right. Which makes sense. As they got going though, Sal, I couldn't help but think of log rolling. And the concept oh, yeah. of log rolling. Yeah. You know, not that I ever log rolled, but it's like, you know, and then immediately when they get up there and do the first move, what happens? They both fall. They both fall. Yeah. One person falls and goes in, the other person's done. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So if one person eats it, the other one will automatically, even if they're doing great. Exactly. Yeah. Because the way the whole thing moves and you're sure. in your your feet are already wet. It's there's nothing to grab onto and yeah. you're back in the water. But it was a stroke of genius by Daniel. So now we're back at the Cobra Kai training and Johnny's giving a big speech and then commands everybody to get into the cement truck. I will tell you, Johnny gives some good pep talks. No doubt. I hang on to some of his words. I really do. Because he's got some nuggets. I mean, of course, Daniel does too. But Johnny definitely has some of these nuggets that I can really cling to and apply to even my own life. Johnny gives his pep talk to the crew. The kids are all standing there. He tells them... To get into the cement truck. And this is a giant cement truck, the kind that rotates. He tells them to get in. It's and not it, rotating right now. No. It's off. But it's the kind that does spin around and with the, it's a cement mixing uh, cement truck. He tells them to get in. They balk. They're like, what? And that's when Kreese comes in and defends Johnny, praises Johnny. He says, this man led you to the mountaintop and you question him. And Johnny's just staying quiet. And Kreese is totally having Johnny's back in this moment. And Johnny's loving it. This is what you call third-party validation. Exactly. And also in this moment is when we learn who Kreese is. This Your sensei-sensei? Yes. We learn in this moment, the crew learns who Kreese is to Johnny. Yeah, they're sensei-sensei. So not only was Johnny's speech great, but for the crew to hear from Kreese, and now they have a lot of respect from him immediately, they're not going to back out of this situation now. And Kreese says, Johnny was my best student, my toughest student. He's totally praising. When I used to be in multi-level marketing, they call that edifying your upline. And what that means is that someone comes along and says such tremendously wonderful things about your sponsor, it makes you think better of your sponsor now. Multi-level marketing are big on this edification and third-party validation, yeah. and that's exactly what's happening here. So in that instance, 
the Cobra Kai students are actually gaining more respect for Johnny. And then Miguel says, I'll do it. And he heads first into the cement truck. Followed by Hawk mm-hmm. and some of the others. Not yeah. everybody gets in. There's no. like 20 students now. And I don't think 20 could fit in there. I think but... about four or five got in, including yeah. Miguel and Hawk. Yeah. Did Aisha get in? I don't think so. I couldn't tell when they were actually in the cement truck who the other bodies were. And they probably had shifts. But Johnny, while Kreese was saying these kind things, Johnny probably always wanted to hear. Yeah. You could tell that it was really impacting him. Oh, yeah. Like, whoever speaks highly of Johnny. Sure. Right? Well, now, especially Kreese, somebody who Johnny legitimately thought was trying to kill him. Johnny said that before. You tried to kill me. Yeah. And that's what Chris said. I didn't try to kill you. But so here's this guy who used to be your father figure, your sensei, maybe tried to kill you. They had a horrible falling out. Now he's back in your life and praising you in front of your students. Pretty powerful. Yes. So now we continue to cut back and forth between Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do training. And both sets of students find their rhythm all to a great 80s-esque track. Do you remember the song? No, I think it's a score. Okay. But it really had a good beat to it. Yeah. And I was really loving the sequence, man. Yeah, and I love contrast. Just like early on in the show, season one, when you see the contrast between Johnny's life and Daniel's life, now you see the contrast in Miyagi-Do training, Cobra Kai training. They both are out-of-the-box training. Yes. But so different. And And they both work. Yeah, and I love how they bounce back and forth. I love that contrasting bouncing back and forth. What do you call that? I mean, it's a montage, but it's it's like a... Okay. But I love to see the Cobra Kai students, you know, Miguel, Hawk and company, they work together and with hard work and dedication, they're able to manually spin the cement truck. And that's what they're doing in there. That was the idea. And if they sit in there too long, some of that cement could start to harden and then we have a mess on our hands. Mm -hmm. So they're successful and Kreese and Johnny are enjoying it and everyone's, you know, applauding. And now we cut back to Sam and Robbie and they're doing pretty good on the wheel now. Everybody is succeeding. Cobra Kai students are succeeding. Miyagi-Do students are succeeding. It's a successful morning for everybody. Even the truck driver, he's getting his bar tab paid for. It's true, man. Everybody's winning today. Cutter is loving life. He's, we should have cut to him at a bar. <laughs> Not only do I want to know how much uh, Johnny's stepdad gave him in that check, I want to know how much Cutter's bar tab was. These are the things I want to know. I think it's got to be $500. I mean, because you're risking your job. Yeah. It's got to be at least five, 500. Yeah, 500. I'll agree with that. So next we see Johnny hosing the cement-covered students off and giving yet another inspiring speech. <laughs> As he's hosing them off. Yeah. Now we're back at Miyagi-Do, and Robbie is sharing a little bit about his personal life with Sam. Well, I think he just sort of alluded to it. I mean, he didn't say, I had my electricity cut off. No. She offers him a ride home. And he doesn't need the ride home. He declines. But he just said he's dealing with some things at home. Yes. And then she picks up on that. Yes. And then she goes and talks to Daniel and says, you know, what do you really know about Robbie's home life? Mm -hmm. And so what happens next? I think we learned that Daniel doesn't know much about Robbie's home life. Nothing at all, really. Right? He trains him in Miyagi-Do. He has him working at LaRusso Auto. So he figures he's doing okay. Yeah. His resume was incredible. Oh, his transcripts were really great. Just out of control. So now we cut to Robbie's dark apartment mm-hmm. and this knock on the door. Yeah. And I was not expecting that Daniel was going to show up. I actually thought it was it was somebody else. I don't know who, but it, Daniel. Daniel shows up at Robbie's apartment, Robbie's dark apartment. And Daniel already knows the score. He can just tell. 
right? And it's a touching scene. Isn't some of their relationship is Daniel seeing himself in Robbie? Yes, I'm sure. So he goes to this Seven Seas style apartment. Mm -hmm. He sees the living conditions. He's he's reminded of his own. Daniel had a great mother. Yeah, okay, so he sees a kid that reminds him of himself who doesn't even have a, a good mother, an attentive mother, a loving mother, a devoted mother. She's all about having She's a good checked time. out, yeah. She's all about getting uh, her freak out. But you can tell Robbie's ashamed just by answering the door. Sure. But Daniel just says, it's all right. Yeah. Shares him it's okay. And it's a real, I thought it was a really touching scene. Not a lot was said, but a lot was said. Sure. And next we're at LaRusso's residence. And Daniel's talking to Amanda. Yeah. So Daniel says to Amanda, I want to let Robbie stay here. We can set up an air mattress in the guest room. And Amanda says, okay, but we got to talk to his parents. Right? And he's like, hey, his mother's MIA. And then she says, he has a father. Yeah. Ooh. And when, that, when she said that, I was like, literally in my head, like, oh, okay. And she's right. Amanda says, of course he can stay here tonight. Sure. But let's, you know, if it's going to be more permanent, we need to talk to his parents. Yeah. And she's exactly right. And so now we're back at the Cobra Kai dojo and Kreese and Johnny are talking. And Kreese reveals that he'd like to come back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, he's yeah. back, baby. Sure. And Johnny goes, uh, tomorrow? And, and then Kreese says, well, if it's okay with you. So Kreese is trying to be affable, amiable. But again, I, I'm incredibly cautious with Kreese. Yeah. I don't know what's up his sleeve. I don't know if he has benevolent hopes and or, or I don't know if he has a... I don't think he's very sincere. Yeah, I just, I don't know what to make of Crease yet. I really don't. So, nor do I. But, so now we cut to Miguel, who is entering Johnny's apartment with a spare key that he has, because yeah. they're so tight now. Sure. With some food that his mother cooked for Johnny, yeah. which is very nice, to put it in the refrigerator, because Johnny's not home. Well, because he said, my mother doesn't want you eating Slim Jims for breakfast. Exactly. Because I guess that's the Johnny breakfast is a Coors and a Slim Jim. Or a fried bologna sandwich. Yeah, that's right. From episode one. So what does Miguel stumble upon? Oh, Miguel puts the food in the refrigerator, closes the refrigerator, and sees a picture of young Robbie in a soccer outfit right like a young soccer 2010 soccer champs wow we've seen the photo before but now miguel sees it yes and obviously so miguel recognizes in miguel's head he must be doing his own montage because remember the time that he saw at the larusso's house he saw robbie having dinner with the larusso family saw him at the canyon at the canyon party and then fought him in the tournament so do you think he's thinking this is Johnny's son or thinking Johnny knows this kid? I don't know if he's thinking already right off the bat, this is Johnny's son. I don't know if he'd think that right away. I think I would think that. Really? And that's why Johnny was the way he was in the tournament about not crossing that line. There it, was a moment where... It John, blew Miguel's mind, for There sure. was a moment where Miguel asked him, I think, like, yeah. like, why are you going easy on this? Why do you want to go yeah. easy on him? Why that guy? Yeah. Okay. So, so Miguel has figured it out. He sees the picture. But he can't believe it. It's a quick scene, but a lot is going on there, Miguel. Johnny and Crease grab a couple of Coors at the local convenience store. And as they walk out, who do they run into? They're walking out of the store with their beers in their hand. And what, they just got into some sort of verbal altercation with the convenience store guy? What was that all about? Crease did. I'm sure he had some not very kind words to say to another 
uh, ethnicity. Yeah, he says something like, this is America or something like that. Crease. Daniel LaRusso shows up. And then you have this face-off. And this is one of those mind-blowing moments for any Karate Kid fan. Where you see Crease standing next to Johnny. Facing off Daniel LaRusso and it's 2019. This is one of those moments where you pause the video and go, holy cow, is this really happening? And then Kreese says something like, the gang's all here. Well, almost everyone. We know who he means. And then Daniel says, you're lucky he's not here. And of course, they're talking about Mr. Miyagi. I think he asked him how his knuckles were doing. Yes, because Daniel asked Kreese, how are your knuckles? And then we have a flashback to Karate Kid 2. Yep. With Kreese attempting to punch Miyagi and instead punching through the car window. So... You know what? Daniel's like, well, if you're going to tease me, I'm going to tease you. Actually, the first thing Daniel says is, dead my ass. Oh, I missed that. When they walked up. Because he went there, obviously, to talk to Johnny about Robbie. Sure. And he sees someone from the dead, Crease, and he can't believe it. Okay, I missed that line. And then Crease does give condolences about Mr. Miyagi, but it was just so insincere. What's so crazy is I was just so besides myself watching this scene that I missed some of the dialogue because half of me is going, holy cow, is this really happening? That I missed some good lines. And then typical Daniel, he decides to leave because he's mad and he doesn't have the Robbie discussion with Johnny. Sure. Because the situation was just different. Well, Well, he says, Daniel says to Johnny, I came to ask you a question and it looks like I got my answer. Not really. Not really, but that's what Daniel said. But his mind's blown because it's like, now there's Kreese, so he assumes Kreese is back. Sure. Cobra Kai is going to take over and be this horrible thing in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Again, I've said this before a few times, a lot of misunderstandings. If they took one more beat and had a real conversation, like they did at the bar that one scene... Well, because then Johnny would say to Daniel, hey, I'm not even sure what to make of Crease. Yeah, this guy, he comes over here. I don't like this guy. He's totally. Yeah. Last time I saw Crease, he tried to kill me. Sure, yeah. So all of that. But. So Daniel hops in the car, drives off, camera pans out, right? Receipt of flats. Yep. End. End of episode two. Wow. And this episode blew me away more than the previous one. That moment with Crease and Johnny, it's a surreal moment. It would have only been more surreal if Pat Morita had been standing next to Johnny. It would have been only more so surreal. But otherwise, really, like I said, I missed some of the dialogue because I was just like, wow, is this really happening? It is amazing. And we have eight amazing episodes to go. Yeah, I'm being blown away. I'm totally emotionally invested. Anybody, don't talk to me about anything else. I'm totally kite out, totally emotionally involved. Love it. It was a really great episode, and I cannot wait to do episode three. Yeah, looking forward to it. So thanks so much for listening, and we'd greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you have the time to leave us a short review, it would really help us as well. We also encourage our listeners to follow us on social media at Let's Talk Cobra Kai for Facebook and Instagram and at Talk Cobra Kai on Twitter. And if you have any questions, that's a great place to message us. You can also stream Let's Talk Cobra Kai as well as all future shows from our website, which is justcuriousmedia.com. Thanks so much. No mercy.